0: Oh my! We got some of that football quack for you, slinging it hard on the pavement here at Hamsterdam. I'm Rusty. That's Sean.
1: We're finally back.
0: We're back, Sean. Sean and I's schedule have been maybe the worst thing in the world. Just with our, just with our different like, like industry type things, just like the schedules have just been awful. So, uh, luckily, I had my friend join us last week for one. Um, but now Sean and I have a, uh, a time set.
1: Well we'll get
0: this figured out every time.
1: It's gonna uh, be amazing
0: on, on paper it's gonna uh, on paper it's going be great. Uh, so week one in the books, we're actually recording this on Sunday. So uh, currently Notre Dame and Texas are around the fourth quarter. Uh, but week one for Oregon in the books. On a scale of one to ten, how fired is Mark Helfridge at this point?
1: Nine point <laughs> nine. <laughs> not be beca- <laughs> not because he should be, because the ducks are one to know, but because Oregon fans are a bunch of dramatic overreactors about games like this.
0: I mean it's it's easy to
1: Yeah. I mean it's the first game of the season. Like we've been You know, we've been caged up waiting to criticize anything about this team for seven long months, eight long months now since the Alamo Bowl. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's the first game of the season. It's, you're going to be, you're going to be a little, like, just slow out of the gate. It's your first, even if it's just against an FCS team, it's your first live game in eight months a lot of people it's their first college game ever like things just aren't going to be smooth in the first game and that's why you play these, these tune up games so to speak where you know you can bring in a, a school pay them a bunch of money they get their name on TV you get a chance to try out some things see what works, see what doesn't work and still probably walk out with a win unless you're Washington State but that's, uh,
0: that's the that sort of thing though What's that? That's their thing, though.
1: That is their thing. Lost uh, to
0: Portland State last year. Yeah. That was awful. Turned out okay.
1: <laughs> so, you know, it, the funny part was I texted my buddy before the game, and I was like, I want UC Davis to score the first touchdown just to watch the internet burn to the ground. <laughs>
0: and it didn't, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
1: it was a dumpster fire. Really, the whole first quarter was a dumpster fire.
0: It wasn't great.
1: No, it took us, like... What we didn't we didn't have the lead until like thirty seconds left in the first quarter or something like that. Oh, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Um so it's a lot like the spring game, right? So we have sixty minutes of seeing this team play. Um it's like I made this joke like in the uh in the first quarter I was after uh UC Davis went three and out. Mm-hmm. on their very first drive before Charles Nelson fumbled mm-hmm. uh, and I wrote Oregon's D is on pace to never give up a first down he's <laughs> just doing like that like whenever a guy in the NFL is just like it's like has kills like their first week like they have four touchdown passes and they're like so and so is on pace to score 64 touchdowns this year it's like I okay, know that's obviously not it's obviously not real obviously it's not it's, realistic it's not
1: gonna hold up it's literally impossible <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like, oh, you know, Dakota Prukop is on, on pace to to throw for 10,000 yards this season.
0: And break the school record for running <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's like, we have such a small sample size still. It's really an insignificant amount of data. But that's kind of what... What like makes football different from like especially baseball when you or even basketball when it comes to using like advanced stats you just don't get enough of a sample size of data to make like accurate assessments really
1: yeah like, we're not gonna know we're not minutes. gonna know where this team is until the Nebraska game is over that'll be that'll be what we base everything on um, you know Oregon has one more game next week where. They have an opponent that they should beat in Virginia. Oh my god! Um, give me a little little pack full of After Dark at seven thirty. Yeah. Fun. If you th- uh, if you
0: think Oregon had a bad week, <laughs>
1: <laughs> here let's complain about our fifty three to twenty eight win, um, and let's check in on our friends from Virginia.
0: Oh, oh man! I, at one point they were down. That They had, like, negative two total yards. <laughs> like, that's awful.
1: Yeah. That's just so, terrible. Yeah, yeah, so it so was at one
0: point. Sorry, go
1: ahead. The, uh, yeah, I was just saying. I mean, that's the game that, you know, on paper, Oregon should win that game. And then it's going on the road to Lincoln, Nebraska, playing the Cornhuskers, 1230 ABC national televised game, like that that one could go either way that's like a 50 50 um and so that'll be the game that you can base you know you can make some fair assessments after that game you'll have three games three games worth of of data so to speak and uh, a lot more to read off of but yeah you can't you can't read anything into the first game of the year uh so let's just let's take the win and be happy with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, it wasn't fantastic. Like,
1: was would like the, it to be a
0: scenario where we just dump 70 points on a team again.
1: Yeah. Uh, but those, Chip Kelly's not
0: oh, walking through that door.
1: Uh, <laughs> those were the fun days. Before the podcast, we were looking at the scores of, you know, the, the Chip Kelly-era FCS tune-up games, and it was like, you know, beating New Mexico 72 to nothing and Nevada 69 to nothing. And uh, those were the days. Those were the games where you had to really, really look under the microscope to find something wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of course, everyone's going to harp on the defense giving up 28 points to UC Davis, but it. I, I think people look at the big picture stuff too much. They're, they just like look at the whole game. And they're like, they're like, oh no, that was terrible. But like, if you look at the little moments, I think like at one point, Oregon scored like thirty three points in a row without giving up a score. Yeah. So there was some, you know, they started slow, but they figured it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like a ninety percent game. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know, I don't think it was you. It was one of my friends, where they were like. The, it was this group chat, and like, oh my God, they were like Set Oregon is lucky to go seven and five. and I was like, okay, this is <laughs> this is extremely out of hand. Um, and like they were like, you see, Davis is just running all over us. It's like they, they had eighty nine yards on thirty three attempts. It's two point seven yards a carry.
1: I wouldn't call that running all over us. It is not running all over
0: us. It was just like, uh, I think the biggest issue is the fan base with our fan base and like I'm sometimes guilty of it it's like the imposter syndrome you know what I mean like
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh like we played like Auburn or like LSU and like all these teams that have been dominant for like decades on end and like all, like, all that and so it's like we just like I feel that, like, as a fan base, we're still uncomfortable in our placement in the college football world. Like, we're, we're waiting for this to end at any point in time. Like, it's just going to come crashing down to earth. And it's probably, like, almost a desperation where you kind of feel like, oh, no, the window is closing. Like, we're losing it. We're losing our place in the universe. Right. <laughs> we have to do something right now. So, but, I mean, one of the calling cards that I think has really gotten Oregon to this point... Like, yeah, fancy uniforms and everything are cool, um but the what I think has been this the secret sauce for Oregon for the last like two decades has been stability coaching, yeah, and like we had Rich Brooks was there for see, I don't know Ben Zack is probably getting upset if he's listening to this now. I don't know how long he was there, but then we had Bilotti for like thirteen years. And then Chip was here for like
1: four years, four
0: years, but then he handed it off to the offensive coordinator. So it's like, everything is like all internal where it's like,
1: right. It's like, all promote from within. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you know what happens if you blow up the program? Uh, you get, uh, Rich Rodriguez and then Brady Hogue. Oh yeah. And then you get six, six years of absolutely nothing happening. And, uh, Oregon doesn't have the same resources and pedigree as uh, a Michigan does.
1: Yeah, you can't. It's easier for them
0: to crawl out of that hole.
1: There's some schools that are always going to pick up talent because, you know, it's it's every little you know every little kid playing football out there wants to play football one day for Michigan, for USC, for Alabama, for the you know the legendary programs no matter how good or bad they are they're always going to get big recruits because of their name and the advantage that Oregon had for a while and I think this is how they got to I think what it was very kind of it wasn't surprising at least kind of from my perspective what I saw you know you start to see them start to kind of revolutionize things in the late 2000s you know like 2007 2008 they get the flashy uniforms they start to get the fancy complexes and facilities um you know they run the fast offense they're like the, the hip cool team you know you go play for oregon not because they're elite or dominant but because it's the cool thing to do they're dope. yeah and it's like oh those are the coolest jerseys and those are the the sickest facilities. Look at that weight room. Look at this. Look at that. But everyone else has caught up by now. You know, for all of our flashy facilities, all the other elite programs have them now too. And it's so no, Oregon no longer has that edge where, you know, they can be like, hey, we're not, you know, we don't have the prestige of a Michigan or an Alabama, but hey, look at these fancy flashy uniforms. Hey, look at these fancy. Facilities, You know, I think that's what drew a lot of that talent in and that talent that we saw from that 2009 to 2013 era where, you know, it was BCS and playoff games every year. Um, and I think that's just kind of like leveled out, like everyone else is caught up now and they're going to have to come up with some, you know, some other creative recruiting tactic to. To get in another batch of talent that can take him back to that level
0: yeah i mean it's like uh it's like in the book moneyball where uh billy bean um and whose name i can't forget i i I can't remember um they like they had their whole thing with like on base percentage and just like getting on base is the most important thing in that like really revolutionized the way people were thinking about it, but then everyone figured it out. And so you have teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox um, and the Rangers, just like, okay, we're going to go after the same player, so that advantage is gone. Mm-hmm. And then you get to, like, uh, the like the Pirates last year, where it's all about, like, or not last year, but, like, a couple years ago, where it was all, like, framing pitches and defensive shifts and everything and so now that advantage is kind of disappearing also because everybody's replicating it and now you have like Oakland which is again where it's just like picking players who stay healthy because if you because like the drop off off is so significant so you have to be getting the most out of people by them staying healthy so you constantly Mm -hmm. have to keep ahead of what everybody else is doing because when they have the same resource when they have more resources they can come in and do the same stuff so, um, I mean, Baylor is another interesting case study, I guess, where you find a coach or something like, but Baylor also is in, in Texas. So, I mean, Oregon's just gotta, gotta stay like, it's gotta stay ahead. And I mean, Oregon's mm-hmm. always getting like awesome running backs, like awesome receivers but like as we saw uh on Saturday the the trenches are where are where things really get done. Mm-hmm. And I think having four freshmen on the offensive line for the first game really showed in the first quarter. Yeah. And so like in the second quarter at one point, um the entire right side of the line, like the backup right guard and backup right tackle, were on, but as the left guard and the left tackle, and so it's clear that nothing on the offensive line is set in stone yet.
1: Yeah, they're still figuring things out. Yeah,
0: and, and with Greenwood, um, it's always like when, not yeah,
1: if. Exactly. So, and yeah, I was having a conversation with one of my buddies the other day, and you know, we were talking about how young Oregon's offensive line is with the four freshmen. And and the thing we were talking about was that it's, you know, it's not even fair, like he said, said, you know, like how bad is Oregon's offensive line going to be this year? And I think there's a difference between, like, being bad and being young, and I think it's the latter. Like, I think that they're going to be talented, and I think Greatwood is going to do – awesome work with them it just might take a year or two to get them to that point Um, so it might be a rough year up front you know and they're going to have to just figure it out and it seems like I'm optimistic that they'll figure it out but you know I think that's it's just it's going to be tough having such a young it's like one thing having a couple young guys up there but having what you know, four-fifths of your line be freshmen, that's that, It's a little worrying.
0: Yeah, and the biggest jump is between week one and week two. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, after, after the Virginia game, we're going to have a much better idea of where this team is actually lying, or where the offensive line is actually lying. I mean, Tyrell Crosby didn't start. Um, he would have been another big returner. It's not like he's got some foot injuries he's dealing with. Um. so, I mean the offensive line is a work in progress but Oregon doesn't really have we get like another week another week to figure it out um, and then it's Nebraska who, if I recall correctly really struggled oh, no, nope, never mind, they handled Fresno State well, who was I reading? it was Nebraska I don't know um so, I mean, it's all a work in progress. And I think it's ridiculous to be so hard on the defensive backs. Like, like they were one of the strengths by the end of last year. Like, they can do it. Like, Ugo and mm-hmm. Arian Springs both had, like,
1: Arians amazing moments. Ball, they were balling out yesterday. Yeah. And so there were, like, Arians, a couple – sorry, go ahead. I remember they both had some, like, really athletic plays where they were able to stay in coverage and just – you know, go like against their body and make these ridiculous tip passes. And, um, that, yeah, there was definitely some, some promise there.
0: Yeah. Um, the one person who had a rough, rougher day was Levette.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he had a couple of the bombs against him, like a couple of 50 yard passes.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and it's also important to remember that, uh, One of UC Davis' touchdowns came on a very short field. Um, Came on like a really short field after Charles Nelson fumbled. Two touchdowns came off Charles Nelson fumbles that basically gave him the ball like at the 35, which is just really difficult to stop at that point.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, so let's, you know, let's just play hypothetical here and say that Charles Nelson catches both of those balls. And, you know, even if Oregon doesn't score... Pins UC Davis deeper back into their own territory, take two touchdowns off the board, and all of a sudden you've got a fifty-three to seven game. And I think we're having a very different conversation about the defense.
0: Yeah, and there was a Oregon didn't convert on a fourth and one inside the Reds when like inside the five yard line. Um,
1: yeah, so let's take a few very minor things turn that into a 60 to 7 game and it's business as usual
0: right uh-huh. so I mean
1: I, I think that's the thing where like you can't you can't just like look at the score and I think this is something that a lot of people do and you can't just like look at the score of the game and be like oh you gave up 28 to UC Davis at home like what was your defense doing that was a bad game like you know and it's like on the other end too it's like it's it's football it's the way the game turned out so you can't just go back in and it's not as easy as saying like oh well if this was different and if that was different like, you know yeah, you could go back and say if this was if this one thing or that one thing was different Oregon might have a couple of national championships um but you know I mean that that's one conversation you can have is if we take a few very kind of easy plays to tweak where they could have easily gone in the other direction then you know you're looking at a complete blowout
0: yeah so I mean this is one of those examples though where it's just like a few things can have like huge ramifications and so that's why I say this was like a 90% game Yeah. it was like 90% of the things were there and it was like mental mistakes so like yeah like the two Charles Nustin fumbles gave him really short fields one drive of theirs was extended because of a terrible pass interference call and then missing a egregious hold against Mondo. Mm Mm-hmm. Mondu is is apparently how it's pronounced. According to the guy who's over the speaker at Austin Stadium, whose name I can't remember right now.
1: I can't remember anybody's names. Don Essig? Yes. I want him to navigate my GPS turn by turn. Yeah. I need that as an update in iOS 10.
0: Yeah, so it's Mondo, Mondu. Monda.
1: Uh... You know who did ball out on defense? Oh, my God, yes. Troy Dye.
0: Oh, my God. I was Uh, terrified when I saw him on the death chart. I was like, really, a true freshman.
1: 11 tackles, 7 solo tackles, a sack, and and 4.5 tackles for a loss.
0: And he blocked the field goal.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I will... uh, Just because he's a true freshman, I will give him the game ball of the week.
0: Yeah, and there were a few plays, too, where he made a tackle and it was just like he was flying around yeah like I see sometimes speed doesn't necessarily carry over in a television but oh my god I was watching him play live and I was like oh my god this guy's so fast
1: yeah he's going to become the equivalent of like I remember a few years a couple of years back watching you remember when Joe Walker just balled out against Michigan State yes it's it's like that against a lesser opponent obviously but still it's like oh my god I haven't heard of this guy and look at him go
0: yeah yeah and so there was also a few plays where it was just like oh my gosh like that's such a tough play to make like for example they were doing like a flood route like a play action flood route back to the field side and he covered a like running back that slipped out he was like 10 yards downfield mm-hmm. forced the QB to keep it. And then he shot up field for like keeping a three yard, only allowing a three yard gain, which is absurd. Like that is an extremely difficult play to make. Like I don't like I would be blown away if a senior made that play. Yeah. So um, also of note, yes, that guy, I'm really excited for him all year. And yeah, he does the, fun. and he does the thing where he puts tape on his fingers respect yeah that's fantastic like the only time people do that is like in madden
1: yeah as i said i don't think i've seen that since creating a player in madden
0: yeah it's i'm trying to see if i can find a picture of him to verify it so yeah because you know you have gloves now like he yep yeah he puts tape on his fingers That's crazy. A badass. So, yeah, and also, uh, blue is a part of our uniforms now, just so everybody knows.
1: Blue collar yep. football? Blue collar football. Oh and um Yeah. Oh uh, you cut off. By the time by the time this by the time this gets this Posted. gets put up, it might already be revealed, but uh looks like Oregon football is doing uniform reveal tomorrow I hope it's not according the according to the GoDux page
0: I hope it's not the Alamo uniforms I was not a huge fan of those
1: no I was not either um, yeah, they ba- Baylor to- wore
0: those yeah. Baylor wore those better two years ago
1: yeah exactly leave it to them um, I'm pulling up the it's on the GoDucks duck's facebook page it's essentially just a nike swoosh with a pattern in it um let me see here it is Oregon football uniforms revealed tomorrow early bird gets the worm and it's got um it's the nike swoosh with uh with like kind of a new i mean i don't even know how to describe it it's kind of like someone took a paintbrush and made a bunch of like black little marks within this whoosh um, I'm trying to find yeah I I had seen a photo earlier They're, they were selling something that looked exactly like that that pattern from the photo in the duck store oh. uh, but that would seem bizarre to quote-unquote unveil a uniform when several months ago they were selling the jerseys. Um, so that will be interesting. Get paid, man. But, you know, I, when when they unveiled the uniforms yesterday, which they, they got a lot of criticism on social media when they were revealed. Um, it's like, you know, when you show up to work, and you need to dress for business, but you still want to be comfortable and casual,
0: like a like a tuxedo shirt.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was like that, but they looked better in person. I, I was kind of digging them. They uh, did look
0: really good in person.
1: They they looked sharp, um, good combo. But <laughs> I was thinking when they unveiled them, I'm like, oh my god, like this is what their theme is going to be week to week. They're going to like unveil a totally random uniform that's like some. You know, some ho- some like paying tribute to coach or some philosophy they have within the program, and as the year goes on, it's just going to get more and more of a stretch. And we're like, really, is that the connection?
0: Yeah, like that Lewis know, and Clark last year was really dumb, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it was such a force. And yeah, it was just like a lot of times they just they they do stuff where it's so clear that. Nike has such a heavy influence on the program that, like... Really? A lot of times it's cool, but a lot of times it's just so bad. And that was, like, one of those where we were like, really, guys? Like, th- this is what we're doing? Yeah. And the college football gods came down on us, and we lost to Washington State, so let's never see those again. <sighs> yeah.
0: So, um, just a quick recap uh so, yeah, so Oregon really struggled, gave up uh oh, just kidding, I was gonna make a really bad joke so six point four yards per pass, two point seven yards per rush um terrible, terrible numbers, seven of seventeen on third down, just the worst it's uh awful. for comparison uh this is what I was going to reference before I completely botched the joke I was going to make. Um, Guess which game that these statistics come from. And we already talked about this, so this is rhetorical. Uh, Oregon, 6 of 18 on third down efficiency. Held the other team at 6 of 18. Um, 6.7 yards per pass, 3.9 yards per rush. Which team was that?
1: which team was like, that like which
0: year which year was that like which oregon duck squad and who
1: is that against um i'm going to go like i'm going to go the the year we be, we beat new mexico like 72 to nothing to start the season
0: no this is uh 2009 the rose bowl team against Purdue.
1: oh i remember that game we almost lost to them
0: yeah 38 36 that was this was also a week after Boise State where everything looked like it was falling to pieces. And so this is I brought up this game because that season turned out fine.
1: That and, Boise State game was one of the darkest nights of my life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh and season turned out fine. Like Purdue is awful. They were especially awful that year. Uh so I mean, I think we need to chill out. Was it a great game? Like was it, was it perfect? No. There were a lot of bright spots on every single like on every single phase. Um but it was like a ninety percent performance. So hopefully against Virginia we'll see like a hundred percent performance. See if Oregon goes out and crushes Virginia like I think they can.
1: And we can play I mean I th- ninety and- percent still beat Virginia pretty comfortably, but we're going to need to bring a hundred against Nebraska.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, because yeah, yeah. Looking at this, you get Virginia who after week one is just awful. Like I'm saying, we don't have enough, like we need a sample size and everything, but Virginia was awful. Um, then at Nebraska, and then we host Colorado at Washington State. Um so Washington State could be a little tricky, Colorado could be a little tricky. Like those games aren't easy. But they are they should be won. Like those, yeah. are, those should be wins.
1: That's the thing that makes the Pac-Twelve fun to watch is because you look at you look at every game and even even the games against the bad teams, you're like we should win this game but you just never know anymore you never do you never, never do, do because you know <laughs> it's just i was reading a, a thing on twitter last night that said you know um after washington state lost and i was like you know what somehow they're um you know they're gonna they're gonna come back and they're gonna somehow still win eight or nine games out of the year and it it just reminds me of the... Uh, if you guys have ever read the Drunk College Football Spectrum by Spencer Hall on Every Day Should Be Saturday, um, he puts he describes the wazzy level of drunk as comparing it to a story... And I think I've told the story on the blog, on the podcast before, but... Yeah, but it never gets uh, old. It never gets old. Um, there's a story that, that people in Sweden tell, and it's Uncle Ollie... Uh, gets really drunk one night, uh, burns down his cabin, and runs off screaming into the woods. And then he comes back a week later and everything is fine. Uh, <laughs> this is wazoo football every Saturday. Yeah. It's like they lost to Eastern Washington. They're still going to somehow come back and make a late season run at the Rose Bowl because it's Washington State.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about Virginia. Yes. So Virginia at one point was down thirty to seven to Richmond, which is an FCS team. Um so sucks. Uh see so FCS teams are on pushovers. Um Virginia went two of ten on third down. Uh was outgained in total yardage five twenty four to three oh two. they averaged one point eight yard a carry. And they have four turnovers, including three fumbles. So three, Not so good. The, yeah, so the three fumbles, that's a little bit more random um, than like an interception. But this is a game that should be won. Um, my biggest concern is, well, A, I want, I want to win. I want everybody to stay healthy. I want us to look good in every phase. Um, and I also don't want anybody to get suspended because Bronco Mendenhall is now the head coach of Virginia, formerly of BYU. BYU was notorious for starting fights at the end of games and getting people suspended.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that. What was that bowl game where they just got into an all-out street brawl at the was end? was like the
0: Music City Bowl against Memphis. Yeah. So... Like I don't want it to be like last chance you. It's like, oh, it was Miami Peach Bowl, where it's just like everything breaks out. So
1: Yeah. Anarchy and, breaks out. Yeah,
0: that would be a very Bronco Men and Hall team thing to do. So, because, uh, although props to uh, props to the Oregon guys, UC Davis was getting really chippy really early on. hmm And they kept their cool, like you see it was getting super chippy. Oh, yeah. also Farrell Brown
1: oh yeah
0: he oh that, that, that was when I first noticed that UC Davis was getting chippy because he pretty much erased his opponent off the face of the earth on a block like like the yeah. guy just disappeared and the guy just got pissed and so he just tried to run over Pharaoh, and Farrow was like having none of that so Pharaoh.: caught one that's pass that's a guy yeah. that's
1: a guy who's been waiting almost two years when, when you have a guy who waits almost two years to get back on a football field and then you just say okay go and go. all hell breaks out loose all, all hell breaks out and yeah and just like oh god that made me so happy to see him back out there
0: yeah so he had uh, one catch for 23 yards um, but he looked good blocking mm-hmm. which is what I watched a lot of Darren Carrington looked fantastic blocking Tony Brooks James yeah. had a fantastic run at the end of the game it's a video Freeman game run only had 11 carries that was very that was by design i'm sure yeah because tosh griffin um can i uh averaged 8.5 yards a carry um De- dakota prukop ruining the averages 3.3 3 yards a carry what it's <laughs> what, t-
1: what a terrible what a,
0: pl- what a terrible player um, and the, he even texted about this during the game, Darren Carrington, seven receptions, 117 yards, one touchdown. I'm He's watching him open. live. I don't understand how this happens. People just forget where he is.
1: I watched the, I watched the replays and I'm just like, did you, like, was he invisible to you or like, how, how?
0: Yeah. It's, I don't understand. I I really don't understand, cause he's just so goofy. Like he honestly doesn't he look goofy when he plays?
1: Yeah, it's so. Oh my God. It's it's funny.
0: And he always has these elaborate touchdown dances, which I love. And it's all like the latest like rap dance move or whatever.
1: It's the latest rap dance move that like the old NCAA guys that are watching the game for. Penalties are like, is that appropriate? What what is he doing?
0: Stop being so silly, guys. Act like
1: you've been there before.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite thing. Act like you've been there before. It's like, I literally have not been here before, though. I've never scored a touchdown against this team before.
1: (laughs) This is literally my first time doing this.
0: God, it's like, oh, man.
1: I want to see people just do the, uh, I love, I love, The Marshawn Lynch touchdown celebration where he doesn't even show a lick of emotion and just walks around and shakes everyone's hand.
0: Yeah, except when he goes beast mode and he grabs his dick as he goes into the end zone.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So it's so funny, though. Have you seen uh, on Amazon, they have, uh, what's it called? Uh, They did a show with the Arizona Cardinals all or nothing uh, last year and it was like HBO's Hard Knocks but like during the season and so Arizona's oh yeah and so Arizona is going did you see it?
1: Um, I've seen bits and pieces about it
0: oh so Arizona they're going to play the Seahawks like in the first game of the season that they play them in the first matchup and this one guy gets in front of the team he was like a linebacker or whatever he's like their guy Runs through our defense, gives everyone the stiff arm. We just lay down, and he gets to the end zone, and he grabs his dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, F him. F him. I swear to God, if we let him grab his dick, he goes to the end zone. I was just like, a, I was like you couldn't know, stop laughing. Of, it, stop laughing? That, rem-
1: that reminds me of possibly my favorite thing I've ever seen on my years of Twitter Um, it was during that game and that play where it was like one of the Seahawks some Seahawks fan I follow on Twitter was you know as a grown man I never thought I would stand up in a room full of people point at my television and yell at the top of my lungs he did it again he did it again he grabbed his dick again (laughs)
0: Man, I'm gonna miss Marshawn Lynch so much this year. He was uh-huh. my favorite. He also had such a knack of explaining very complex things very simply. <laughs> yeah. He was like, What do you think the strength is? Like you just wear people down and like you just get better, like you're just so like tenacious and he's like, Yeah, I mean the it's it's the key is you just like you get the ball you just run into somebody over and 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 a lot of people can't handle that. It's
1: like, wow, that's said it was like, wow, you just, wow, that makes total sense. Yeah.
0: You see, it's, it's always like everything is so complex and everything. And you just say it like that. Like you just run into somebody a bunch of times and, a lot of people can't handle
1: that. It's like, yeah, good point. Yeah, it's almost if like someone, if someone ran into me a bunch of times, I'd probably lay down too. Yeah,
0: it's like, yeah, especially like you don't understand like how big these people are in real life. Like in Hard Knocks, there's a, a Brown who's a defensive end. He's like, he's. It's unfortunate that JJ Watt exists because nobody knows that this uh, Robert Quinn, uh, that nobody knows Robert Quinn is also like the second best defensive end rusher in the league and it's not even that close uh and you see him playing ping pong next to like a normal college kid and it's like oh my god yeah I can't believe he, the, the like this you he, take these absurdly
1: of- large human beings and then you put football pads on them yeah and, it's like, and you make believe- them bigger
0: yeah it's like I can't believe these people belong to the same species as me because he's literally like you put pads on him he looks bigger without pads on because you can see like I, how big he actually is and he stands yeah. next to somebody normal size it's like Oh my god. Yeah. This person is massive. So um Virginia. Oh man. I just really want them to look good this game mostly so I don't have to like be like No guys, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, they're good.
1: Yeah. I think it's-, it's a uh you know it's a seven thirty kickoff which means the game won't be over till eleven thirty, which means I'll be up to well past midnight. Let's just have a good, keep clean game so I can just sleep well.
0: I'm just trying to figure out... See, I'm going to go to the game. I don't know what I'm going to do, because I am always so tired after these games. I'm so old. <laughs> we're,
1: we're getting too old for this shit, Rusty. <laughs> yeah,
0: although here, here's how I know it'll also be a huge blowout, because uh, it'll be 10.30 Virginia for Virginia. Oh, God. Like, that'll will be it be 10.30 their time. It's like when Hawaii goes to, like play Ohio State or Michigan yeah. every year and it's like six AM their time. <laughs> yeah. And this is yeah, Hawaii. Plays in Australia.
1: You, which was you, like
0: which was like a sixteen hour time change. And then yeah. they do another like eighteen hour time change to go play. And then they do like eighteen hours from there.
1: Yeah, I saw their like their travel schedule for the first month. They travel like a distance that's greater than the circumference of the damn planet. It's like twenty eight thousand miles or something. They're traveling or something stupid like that. Yeah, and you know, you know, you know how I know I'm getting old is I think about that and I'm like, hmm. Would I would I rather watch a six a.m. kickoff or a ten thirty p.m. kickoff? And I would take six a.m. every oh, day. 6 a.m. Because I could not stay up past halftime. I don't even know if I'd make it to halftime of a ten thirty game.
0: As someone who watched the Purdue game uh, in that uh, in the two thousand nine season on the East Coast, I can confirm it is rough. That it is very difficult to be up till one in the morning watching a game. Yeah, I was I- like clockwork orangeing my eyes, and I love Duck football, but I was like cl- just like holding my eyelids open, like oh my god, I can't fall asleep.
1: Yeah, I'm really hoping that um, for the uh, uh, for the for the Washington game, they haven't announced the time for it yet. But I'm really hoping that's a day game because I'm in Chicago that day, and if they kick off that game at like seven thirty, then that's not going to start until like nine thirty my time. Oh my god. Oh, I wanna I wanna watch that game, but it, it I just I know it's not gonna be in my favor and it's gonna be like an eight o'clock kickoff.
0: Yeah. So uh I was talking with this person. She's from Louisiana and she's talking about how uh she hates being on the West Coast watching football because the game starts so late. Or starts so early. And I remember being on the East Coast and being like these games start so late. This is so painful. Yeah. So i like, have to wait so
1: long. That's my hesitation of ever leaving the West Coast is like, we have the greatest sports viewing schedule out of anyone.
0: Yeah. And so I remember, uh, and so I was like, actually, if you go to Hawaii, like every game is over. Even Hawaii's games by like 8 PM. Yeah. You just get up at three and you're good. Assuming college game day. So, but well, that sounds, like, fantastic. For that, I would also probably never, I don't know if I would even watch college football given that I'm in Hawaii.
1: True. So, although,
0: 2020, Oregon Ducks going to Hawaii in 2020. <laughs> I'll be
1: there. Uh, like we said, we will do an episode of Slingin' Quack from the beach.
0: From the beach. We'll do it from uh, Duke's Outrigger on Waikiki. <laughs> we'll see if somebody will sponsor it yeah to pay for our airfare
1: um and, and, and our and our wifi hotspot yeah exactly
0: okay so um let's just take a quick trip around the uh around the pack 12 mm-hmm so let me pull up the week that was all right so um cow beat hawaii congratulations Um, Utah 24 Southern Utah 0 slightly concerning Utah and scored 24 points but then I will never say anything bad about Utah for a while Um, Oregon State was within 7 points of Minnesota lost by 7 they had multiple times throughout the game um, to pull ahead and win that was a really promising start for Gary Anderson
1: yeah, they showed fight. They showed promise. Um, their Daryl Garrettton, OSU's new quarterback, looked pretty good. Completed like almost 65% of his passes, had a few touchdowns. Um, but he got sacked a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, th- that's a promising start. Stanford also, uh, Slow start against Kansas State, as mm-hmm. as always. Um, but their quarterback, Burns, 14 of 18, 156, and a touchdown. Like, I was watching the game, and I was like, obviously I don't want Stanford to do well because I want to feel comfortable going into the season beating them. Yeah. Um, But he looked good. Burns was mm-hmm. really good. So that's slightly terrifying because I don't think Hogan – Hogan was a really weird quarterback because the more he threw, like, there's a correlation between how much he threw and how much they lost. Like the more he threw, the the more they lost by. But then there's also a couple games last year where he was the sole reason why they were even competitive in the game. So this Burns guy looks good. Um, Colorado decimated Colorado State. Uh, Washington trounced Rutgers. UCLA, okay. See, Josh Rosen is dumb. Here's why. So he he before he goes to Texas A and M, he's like, "Yeah, I don't think it'll be that loud." I've been in louder places. It's like, what? Why would you say that? And then he's like mocking the crowd, saying that they need to get louder, and then he throws a pick. <sighs>
1: Dude, <laughs> why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah,
0: yeah. you can tell he's a freshman.
1: Yeah, he's, he's like
0: he's a sophomore, but it's like you can tell. I think some of that preseason stuff got to him. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe he was saying a lot of that stuff, so he believed it. You know, um, not really to talk trash <laughs> about others, but to hype get yourself up so much. Yeah, uh, we already talked about that. Washington State wa- dropped their game in Eastern Washington, um. Um, Arizona State beat Northern Arizona whatever Arizona loses to BYU because Taysom Hill is a vampire Um, (laughs) he was in the same draft class as Reuben Randall who is now out of the NFL uh, in his fourth year he was in the same draft class as Matt Barkley
1: oh Jesus
0: and Bryce Brown
1: (laughs) some blast from the past there
0: yeah it's like Matt Barkley Taysom Hill was in that same class. Reuben Randall has been in the NFL for four years, just was released, and Taysom Hill was in the same class, and he's going into his last year. Uh, so I wasn't able to watch that game a ton because there were a bunch of other games going on that were more entertaining. Um, and then, oh my God, Alabama. <laughs> I really oh. want to say this one for last. So Kiffin also tweeted out afterwards. Hashtag three fourteen a.m. LAX. Yes.
1: What a hero!
0: Yeah, like oh. See, once uh once USC's outside linebacker number forty decided to step on a Bama player's balls, then the floodgates opened.
1: Yeah, don't make Alabama mad. You won't like them. You won't like them when they're angry. Yeah. So my Which... fear. By the way, that player, he has been suspended for the first half of their next game. Oh, it's and here, way too hard here, on him. Here's the kicker. He has to write an apology letter. Like we're back in, like, first grade or something.
0: I can't believe it's only a half.
1: <laughs> Against Utah State, I think. It was
0: think. so clearly, like, it was so clearly... Flagrant. Like, it was so obviously bad. Yeah. Um, and so, so, my fear is I'm not one of those people like, God, I hate Nick extreme, I hate Alabama. Because I love them. Yeah. They're so much fun to watch. It's, but it's like, I'm afraid now that Alabama has reached like peak football. Because now they have their quarterback, Hurts who can pass really well, he's very fast. And he can run through people.
1: Yeah, and, that's a scary thing to have.
0: Like Alabama finally has a dynamic quarterback. And it's terrifying. Like mm-hmm. I'm afraid that this is like Red Dragon, like this is their final form. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm I'm just I'm just terrified. And so every game it's just gonna be like them keeping it close for like a quarter or whatever, like USC gave them their best punch and then Alabama's like, oh, okay. And then gives up and then goes on a 49-point run.
1: Yeah, exactly. They just dominated that game.
0: Oh, my God. I just really hope. Like, I honestly, like, I think they say this every year about Alabama, but I just don't see how they're going to lose a game on their schedule.
1: Right, yeah. I just, you just don't see it.
0: Unless it's it, at Ole Miss because
1: – It's one of – I mean, yeah, it's like one of those where really, it's like if they lose a game, it's just totally unforeseen and wild and unpredicted.
0: yeah. And then they're going to, uh, and then they're just going to win the rest of their games and make it to the SEC championship game, and then just blow through whoever is the sacrificial lamb from the East, and then they'll make the playoffs.
1: Yep. And then we'll see what happens. And so on and so forth. Death taxes and Alabama football playoff. I want to see them lose their like their uh, annual November game against an FCS school.
0: Oh, Chattanooga?
1: Yeah. The I Steelers think that's my favorite year. That's my favorite college football tradition is, like... The SEC
0: playing nobody in the, November.
1: The SEC playing, like, their one of their cupcake games, like, during, like, one of the most crucial weeks of the season.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they're really smart in how they schedule that. Like, imagine if we had just a FCS team before we play Stanford.
1: Oh, it'd be so great. It's like a little tune-up game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like when... NFL teams have like joint practices yeah so okay uh, closing statements closing thoughts
1: closing thoughts um, agree with you Oregon was about 90% I want to see them at 95% against Virginia and then 120 against Nebraska
0: up to 11 yeah yeah I mean was it a perfect start no,
1: no am I happy never- with it yeah here's the way I, here's the way i look at it i don't care for the first game of the year i don't care about anything except the final score and the fact that we're one to know that's all that matters
0: yeah like i'm not going to be here like making judgment calls on players after 60 minutes yeah so um okay cool well that'll do it uh <laughs> It's it's football season, so we'll have so much more quack for you guys next week too. So much. Yeah, and we got a busy weekend of college football next weekend also. Um a lot of teams went down early last week and maybe this is another two thousand seven and just everybody loses. Because there yeah. really are no perfect teams except for maybe Alabama.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Alright, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening in. Hopefully this makes your commute better and you don't have to listen to any talk radio. Uh see you guys next week.